random encounter at a broadcasting facility. A shared interest and love of all things Marvel. Excelsior! A misinterpreted program title. And behold, a podcast is born. Peter Melnick. Podcaster and comic book enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson! Upstate New York radio announcer, still with an inordinate amount of catching up to do. Peter! What are you doing? Here we go with a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome everyone to The Marvelists Presents The Marvelists Ms. Marvel. I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Back. How was Latveria, Eddie? How did the flogging go? Latveria is no go anymore. I'm done there. Gas is too much. Never mind plane fare. I stayed local this time. I mean on... So you didn't go to Latveria? I did not. Uh, it was a smoke screen. Then how come you're... Uh, I stayed local. How- I went to Jersey City and picked up my Ms. Marvel compendium, first 12 issues, so I could read in Spo- a square-bound format, sort of trade paperback. Spoilers, ladies and gentlemen. He didn't go to New Jersey. Mm. He went to go see the rapper Flo Rida. <laughs> you see wow. the joke is he went to Florida, ladies and gentlemen. I just wanted to further... F-L-A. Cut that out. Flay? Who's Flay? You stopped that. Flava Flav. Wow. I knew that. Two references we didn't expect, especially this early. And it's called Destined, unlike the untitled episode from last week. I was going to be talking about Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis. Crushed. Not Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis. And I went, oh, Peter, Peter, he couldn't remember the name of the episode, neither could his co-host. It happens to the best of us. Well, still. But in regards to this episode... It's a middle-of-the-season episode, mm-hmm. and you know, or the middle-of-the-series episode, and it got me thinking. I've heard from a number of people that, you know, depending on the show, they f- will fall off at the halfway point. They just don't care enough. I know people that didn't finish Moon Knight by, like, episode three. They're just like, I can't do it. Same thing I've seen recently with Ms. Marvel. And it's also been said Ms. Marvel is the lowest-rated season so far, least viewed of all of the Marvel shows that are on Disney+, Plus, the award-winning Disney+. Plus. And it got me thinking, well, I don't know if any of you know this out there. If you have a Disney Plus account, there's another show going on right now. It's called the Obi-Wan Kenobi Show. So that's kind of been getting all of the major attention and major advertising push from the award-winning Disney+. Plus. So... Maybe give it a little bit of time. It will yeah. build up in terms of an audience, but yeah, I, I don't that know. might explain. Yes, uh, why? That's why I'm seeing it? Well, that might explain then also why, from the beginning of this series, we did not collectively see much promotion advertising because of Obi Wan, yeah. perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah, because I mean, in all honesty, remember when the show started? I literally said, to "Eddie, I'm like, hey, it's starting. Oh, the show's starting next week, and you were the one that was more on top of it than I was, and I'm just like." Oh, shit, it's next week? Yeah, I only heard about it a few days before that, if if that, I suppose, you know. Because I thought the entire time they were not going to be having conflicting series. And obviously, we've discussed this on the show again, but I kind of want to hammer it home a little bit more because maybe now we'll get a little bit more discussion of the show and conversation going on on social media and whatnot. But to be completely honest, other than, you know fake groups on Facebook where it's it, one's called Christians Against Ms. Marvel. It's hilarious. It's like literally like pretending to be like anti-Ms. Marvel. And also In a religious some, kind of way? Yeah, it's just like pretending to be that, no. you know, because there's always like a group going on saying, oh, we're against this, we're against this. And the group is own, it's open, or it's it's operated by a member by the name of Wade Wilson. Oh, 
dear Lord. So there's also uh, Christians Against uh, Lightyear. And, you know, I'm like, they're fun groups to be in, ladies and gentlemen. I suppose. But in regards to everything going on with this show. More character development, I think, and more, and a couple of others that's like, okay, a little bit more, another layer maybe is revealed, let's say, of Kamala's mother. Yeah, there's that. But I feel like overall this, not a lot truly happened. You know, it again, it's a middle of the season episode. And I feel like this can be a make or break for some people's attention spans, you know? Uh, yeah, I suppose. I was enthralled. I had a good time watching it. It was action-packed. There was a lot of great stuff that happens. But compared to the first episode, and presumably compared to the you know, episodes five and six, there's not really going to be that much of importance yet. Well, now, see, I'm wondering, too, when you said just a couple minutes ago how people have said, oh, I wish it could be more episodes. But six seems to be a good number, I think. These shows are literally the equivalent of a movie. A longer movie, but a movie nonetheless. It's like a six-hour-ish movie. Mm. So when you're watching these, they do kind of need to be watched one right after the other. And that's why a lot of people I know that are going on saying, oh, I can't get into Moon Knight. One, you were probably watching it weekly. I feel like some of these shows should benefit from the weekly element. Mm -hmm. Watch them, or not weekly element. Consecutive? Consecutive. Like, watch one right after the other. These are made for binge-watching, and I think it's still kind of funny. Uh, recently in the news, Kevin Feige made a comment. Uh, he he yelled at uh, Iman. And by the way, on previous the last two episodes, I called her Imani. No, I was incorrect. Her name is Iman. Iman Valani. But, but I that's why I did. I mashed them up together. Yeah. So I'm an idiot. You took, but, the, you took out the Velan. Yeah. But Iman, you know, got scolded by Kevin Feige for watching WandaVision on her phone. This should be watched on a TV or a big screen. Oh. And, you know... <laughs> First off, by the way, like the social media discussion of that was hilarious because people think he's being serious. Like, oh, of course, you know, they weren't there. They don't know what the tonality was. And well, it's, it's also the, just clickbait articles where they're making it seem yeah. like Kevin Feige yelled at her. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, he, he's teasing. He should. They should have wrote tease, but what's going to get more clicks? He teases her or he yells at her. You know? Yeah. So... I'm fine either way, but it's the the whole element of I am in agreement. A lot of these shows should be watched on the big screen or they should be watched on a bigger TV more than just a cell phone because it's, you know, Martin Scorsese released The Irishman on Netflix and clearly that was, you know, the way Scorsese intended it to be watched was on a cracked cell phone screen while you're sitting on the shitter. So, boy, we had to... <laughs> I mean, it's the way Scorsese intended it. Yes, but when you got to go... You got to go, and you got to go while watching The Irishman, available on Netflix okay. or in the Criterion Collection on Blu-ray and DVD. But so it's, it's funny because this episode, it was incredibly New Jersey, especially at the very end, but we'll get to that when we get to it. But we're getting more of a sense of the New Jersey feel, the New Jersey element of these characters. And again, I'm liking it. I like that there's a... It's almost, it's almost like, what do you call it? Uh, the Spider-Man films. Yeah. But it's got its own different flavor to it, you know. Like it's not quite Spider-Man, but it's there. You well, know what that's I mean? what I. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we kind of glossed over that from the very beginning episode with the animation or graphics and, and oh, all I, that that kind of stuff. Well, so. I'm talking about like the the uh, relationships with the high schoolers and whatnot. The, the it, whole yes. school itself. It feels like it, but it's totally not. 
Yeah, I agree. I get it. Well, in this case, we are uh, ahead of Armir's wedding. And so that's a big part of this episode, I think. And as the title, or rather the synopsis, says Kamala may face graves, grave consequences due to a... Grave consequences? Who, yeah, slip. Due to a crucial decision she makes. But we start off in the uh, British-occupied India in 1942 and maybe get a little backstory on this bangle. Oh, that, I love that's, the bangles. Uh, that's found. Good group. Good girl group. Yep, absolutely. And whereas there, I guess, maybe started off by there being two that were worn, one on each wrist, arm, etc., one will have to do as the uh, character of, uh, what is it, what's his name, Cameron's mother, I think, was, was there with that um, dig site, perhaps. And the whole concept of they have not aged in the uh, 70-something, 80-something years, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty impressive, but it's also, I love, my favorite line out of all of this was the remark that uh, Kamala makes pertaining to uh, Kamran about his age. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God he's 17. Yeah. <laughs> just, just that element, you know. I, I appreciated that because, like, a lot of us are watching it. We're just like, they're not doing, oh, thank God they're not. Those were a couple of moments, yes, where a little bit of relief was needed from from other parts of it where it was just so PG-13 serious and, you know, all all that stuff. Uh, the chase scene of Kamala after she pulled the fire alarm at the wedding re- rehearsal, reception rather. Um, the the uh, partition, going back to that, and hearing about another dimension and these individuals... Kamran, his mother, others being exiled. And how she's a jinn, I think. Jinn, I think, is what it sounded like. Jinn, yes, because then they make the jinn and tonic reference. I'm like, oh, that's cute. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, that's funny. And, and it, it, it's also like that's that kind of joke is like very uh, low-hanging fruit. Like you, you know it's coming, so you might as well make the joke because otherwise sure. then you end up hearing people going, oh, you really couldn't make that joke? You, right, you're damned right. if you do, damned if you don't. And then, like you said about the whole aging thing, slowing the aging process, I, I put a note saying, putting on the bangle and sensing the presence of the Noor. Like, they're, they're in or from the Noor dimension. And then I heard a word that I said, oh, wait a minute, clandestines. And I said, wait, there was a comic book that was the clandestines. And I don't know that that's a, maybe it's just the same word connotation. It's not related to another comic book title or in the interest in of that. in the interest of fairness they are pulling as much stuff as humanly possible for the most from the most obscure sources so you never know you yeah. you know you're saying that i didn't even think of that but it could be a possibility i remember that being a title and it yeah. took me a while to get however 10 issues were of that there were perhaps um the next thing i have though is um is kamala and um her mom um, in conversation, and so, like, what happened? What did you do? Um, I think the mother said you. She found the mock, the mosque, and then there was some uh, texting involved. That was uh, probably a Spider-Man thing too. Another similarity where you saw the the, the word bubbles, the text bubbles. Again, I that. I like that element of how you know you're showing what's going on in the communication because millennials and you know Gen Z, the Zoomers, and all them. Yeah. That is a major form of communication, and if you're not showing them doing that kind of stuff, it's a disservice of who they are. Yeah. So that little creative element of we're gonna see the boop 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 boop. Uh, Green. Oh no. 
Well, there was an, did you say green? Yeah, because of the, you know, if you have an Android, it just doesn't have iMessage. It just goes straight they, to green, yep. regular text messaging, and those are just peasants. You're you know? saying green. I'm thinking, I'm looking at, uh, and we find out what's exactly in Amir's uh, savings account, $732.49. Man, I wish I had that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hearing that. I'm like, man, I'm 33. I'm a screw-up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what a, what a feeling! Thank you, Disney Plus, for all the heartwarming fun and also just the element of, you know, you suck, right, Peter? Yeah, I sure do. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Mister. We did have a nice familial element in the fact of of the father giving a nice pep talk, Kamala watching and listening on in that too, and we get to the ceremony where the uh, the vow is pronounced three times. By the celebrant and then the people and witnesses and just seeing reply the, in that the fashion. Play, the playfulness of the whole, hell yeah, I do. Hell yeah, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I do. And it, like just that yeah. once it gets to the third final, right then and there. I love that. Yeah, you know, And I don't know if it's, if it's rushed at all, but at the end of the last, the second episode, we got to see and or meet in Kamran's in, in the car that he's driving Kamala away from. Oh, this is my much like you to meet my mother. But while we get to this episode, this current one, she's all of a sudden done asking questions. We have to make Kamala help us, get us back to our correct dimension, wherever they're from. So we know something's up. Yeah. And in regards to this, it's, again, more world building with the Marvel Universe because you're seeing that whole oh, this is the world they live in. This is what they're encountering. There are more than just superheroes. There are more than just Eternals. There are these kind of characters as well of, you know, they're not mutants, they're not this, but they're not this as well. Getcha. Uh, gotcha. But then we go to... Um, I like how that was the equivalent of uh, Mongo from... Or no, what's his name? The uh, guy with the cowboy hat and mustache from Blazing Saddles. Ditto. <laughs> I think so. I'm trying Ditto? to remember that now. I'm trying to remember that now. It's with Hedy Lamar. It's Hedley. not Hedy. Yes, exactly. I get that. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Th- if- thank you, Captain. I understood that reference. This show is brought to you by our Patreon. Go to Patreon.com/slash/TheMarvelists, and on the three-dollar tier, you'll get access to episodes early and ad-free. The five-dollar tier gets you our two bonus shows. One. Fantastic Voyage, where we dissect and just talk about the 102 issues, one by one, although if it's a storyline more than one at a time, of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's amazing, incredible, spectacular, invincible, and fantastic run of the Fantastic Four, the world's greatest comic magazine. And two, you haven't read that? A show dedicated to the comic books that I haven't read yet. Some Marvel, some DC, all fun. And on the $8 tier, pick a topic of your choosing, not a topping of your choice. Or perhaps you can be a guest on The Marvelists. Above all else, we thank you for your continued support. I don't know if we saw too many, although they're really nice sequences of, of dancing in the reception hall for the bride and groom, who are just for the most part sitting, but then they do one by one get up and partake, partake of that. Enter Sandman, good song by Metallica. No, enter Brown Jovi. And on the very first episode, I said, you know, this is the most New Jersey show. I texted Eddie, like, as we're watching, this is the most New Jersey thing, you know, Bon Jovi getting mentioned in the first episode. And now 
literally a Bon Jovi cover band. And of this of this name, there's, oh there's others out there. Yeah, like Eddie, what would your Bon Jovi cover name band be called? What would the cover name? Oh, I'd have to yeah. go through. I probably off of an album title kind of thing. Um, and slippery when wet comes to mind because that was oh what was no first mentioned. You know, because the mother says if it wasn't for slippery when wet, we would never have gotten together. Yeah, that was what I was you know. saying. The conversation, and then you were like, I don't get the New Jersey connotation with Bon Jovi. I'm like Eddie, it's. Bon Jovi, they're in the New Jersey Hall of Fame. <laughs> there, there is, by the way, if you go to New, yeah. New Jersey Transit, there's a New Jersey Music Hall of Fame, and I've wanted to go into it, but I'm also like, I got a train to catch. <laughs> time yourself your trip carefully. Then I personally allow extra time. Bruno San Martino is in the New Jersey Music Hall of Fame because it's not a it's not a Hall of Fame without Bruno San Martino because he did main event Madison Square Garden 855 times and he sold them all out. He's not from New Jersey. I just want to get Bruno in there. <laughs> well, I'm going, of course, Bruce Springsteen here, Southside Johnny. There's others. Glenn Danzig of uh, the Misfits. The Misfits right? are a big uh, Jersey band. Okay. They're not really Jersey associated, but, you know, yeah, you know, so I appreciate the Southside Johnny reference. I thought didn't, it was, yeah. Didn't, I didn't expect that today, you know. It's a good, it's a good, good, a good thing, yeah. Eddie. It's good. Yay. Okay. Southside Johnny slaps. I like his music. Having a party. He did that as a cover on a live album. I know, I have it. <laughs> album, CD. You know. My favorite part of that is just the look on Eddie's face of, I know you little shit. I'm aware. Kamran <laughs> crashes the wedding to warn Kamala, who pulls the fire alarm. She said something about, oh, this is such a classic thing or whatever. you know. And by the way, when they reflect back on that later on, it's not really that big of a deal. The aunties are just, you know, like, Oh, did you see that? Oh, Kamala wouldn't do that. And it's like, oh, well, that's the end of that. Well, after everybody's out of the building, we realized, I think, that there were more than one wedding going on because another one has another bride weeping somewhat hysterically. So she not only cleared her uh, brother's bridal party and wedding and reception, but there was another wedding reception taking place. So she went, you know, two for one on this. Man, a lot of people got invited to all these different weddings. I guess. I mean, people will hop from one to the other, I suppose, or Lindy or whatever. Breakdance. Oh, Eddie, Eddie, he says. Thank you for the narration for okay. that in my head. <laughs> and I never saw Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer in a fight sequence until now. I will continue to say this. The MCU is really good at their choices of music in scenes like this. Whoever was responsible for picking this song did a bang-up job because, quite frankly, Living on a Prayer in this show is on par for me with Bring the Ruckus by the Wu-Tang Clan in Luke Cage Season 1. On par with, uh, what's it called, from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, uh, come a little bit closer. Sure. All right. I would say also with, just, just and in regards to just other, you know, music and, like, television. Uh, All right, television. how about Joan Jett and the Blackhearts and Bad Reputation from Shrek? Well, I was going to go with... Uh, London Calling on the Boys, episode one. Season one, episode one. Oi, it's the invisible. I can't say the word on te- on this show because it's the C word. But oi, it's the invisible C word. And then you just hear London Calling as he beats the ever-loving shit out of the invisible man. Oh, okay. All right. Translucent. Trans- the translucent man. Invisible is taken, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. 
But you can't. All right, never this mind. this utilization of that song in this episode, absolutely fantastic, and kudos to whoever picked that. And a good carryover. It's like, oh, we have an encore, like we said from the first Bon Jovi drop in the episode. But we move ahead to now where the building is emptied and Kamala is being stalked, I'm going to say, because of the undertone or overtone of the eerie-type music. Undertone. And, and then, in a very smart move, I think, um, Kamran's mother turns off the lights and fakes out Kamala into using her power so that she'll be able to see by banging a pan against a wall. Bang a gong, get it on, baby. Where Kamala is hiding out because her effects are brilliant and shiny and so that she can kind of track her down better. But we uh, we have the ruckus, and I guess you knew and it they was brought building the ruckus. to it, into the reception hall, and food is flying and tables and stuff. I would say that this whole section overall, this is the most action-packed the series has truly gotten other than the, you know, the AvengerCon uh, moment with mm-hmm. Just everything flying and, you know, the girl getting her shit knocked over. But there is something about this. And then, you know, right afterwards, I believe, uh, is when Nakia shows up. Of this, well, I, was, I just had a note saying it was the DODC to the rescue. And, and it's, it's damage control. And, you know, in the last few years with the utilization of them, did you think damage control would play as big of a part in the MCU as they are right now? It was inevitable. Mm. Like, they had to be there. Like, uh, look at all yeah. the destruction. Right, and in the cleanup from, what, the uh, Battle of New York with the first Avengers movie, and you see that. I think I think that comes a little more to the forefront with with the cleanup and the introduction of Michael Keaton as the uh, Vulture character. What a great character, by the way. That was, I think, the first, like, oh, yeah, there was some organization that had to clean this stuff up, so, so yeah. I would say with, you know, let, let's go over to the uh, reveal, well... Let's go, is the part with Nakia before or after when she's talking to her parents about everything? And she goes, I can't tell. Uh, Nakia, that name's escaping me. Was that the other one that... Uh, the one who's on the board for the uh, the mosque and everything? Right, she's ready for that. Was that before that. or after? Before, because she says, what, you, what, you what see, was that? What just happened? You see Bruno, not Brian, you know, sitting there. And by the way, I love the continualization of... Not calling him Bruno. I think that's it's such a it's a funny running joke, but also that you know, it's appropriate with Encanto. With we don't talk about Bruno, so we're not going to call him Bruno either. Mm-hmm. But yeah. in regards to, but Nakia, I mean, she's pissed. I think, and but if you know, she does find out. But yeah, flip side, I thought they were going to go in a completely different direction with one thing. The suspense is killing me. No, um. The whole thing of her talking to her parents. And I thought, oh, my God, are they really going to go in the direction she tells her parents about her power and everything? And, like, they they do such a good job, the suspense of that, mm. making you believe. Are they really going to do that right now? Really? Okay. That was, that was a bold decision. But, no, they don't. She no. instead goes, I'm not going to talk about it. And you don't, you don't see the end result of, you know, them yelling at her or anything or, like, you know, you disobeyed us, blah, blah, blah. None of that. No, nope. I was surprised. They just—they're all—they're all shocked. Like everything going on, it's like they don't know how to react in this moment. Well, shocked and/or depressed uh, that she's not coming 
true or coming forward and explaining what happened at this wedding reception. Instead, it ends. Her mother goes away. Her father kind of puts his head down. He's a little disgusted, too. And the next thing you see, a repeat shot, because we saw it before, of Kamala landing on her bed on her back. And the next thing you know, her phone is ringing. It's her nani. And, yeah. And that's just about it, because the nani is saying, you have to come to... G, uh, I don't remember where the destination, the place was. Perhaps I enjoyed her using social, or I enjoyed the uh, the nani using the uh, FaceTime and just doesn't know what she's doing. She's like literally shoving her face into the phone. Can oh. you see me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will never not enjoy stuff like that. That's my favorite. But stuff But she in the said, world. "You have to come here now. How can I? I have this all going on." Kamala says, "But what about my mom? She has to come too." I can't wait for the day I'm you know of a certain age and I don't know how to use technology. It's going to be a hoot. That's going to be so much fun. I accidentally get my foot stuck in the teleporter. It's going to be great. I, I don't know. Well, not for my foot or me. You know, it's, it's a part of me. But overall, this episode, yeah, just a very middle-of-the-road kind of episode. Like, other than the uh, Bon Jovi scene, you know, eh, it was okay. Just like a solid 7 out of 10. Because, again, we're not in the home stretch. Home stretch usually comes around next week and episode 5. So that's more when things are really going to be ramped up. And... Seeing this whole backstory element of where the bangle comes from and all this stuff, it's such it, it is a massive change from the source material because again, we don't talk about the Inhumans, ladies and gentlemen. No one wants to talk. The Inhumans don't want to talk about the Inhumans. So, yeah, it, it's a very middle of the road episode. Seven out of ten. Do, you know, you guys are doing your thing. We'll see where it goes from here, but. Obviously, you know, you don't want to miss the episode because a lot of stuff is discussed in this. Yeah. But, yeah. Eddie? What I didn't realize about the comic version of Ms. Marvel, having just read the first issue, was her ability to reduce her size. Yeah. And they don't... I'm surprised they don't do that. Or haven't yet. True. That is true. But I, I mean, feel like they're not <laughs> They're not going to do it, to be completely honest. I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because, again... The bangle, the way we're seeing it in the show, is it's like a crystallization around her hand. She stays the same size, but it's it's literally Green Lantern with the ring. Oh, you know, okay. it, it comes to me. It's coming off as like Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. So, how are you going to you know take her body and make it small with the crystalline form? I don't see that happening. Mm. Unless, hey, unless you guys can figure something out, go for it. But I don't know. I try and write. Yeah. Imagine that. Well, no. <sighs> okay. <sighs> I thought it was an enjoyable episode, though. Yeah, Again, it, it we, definitely is. We we have this couple marrying themselves, and they have to. It's well, obviously just, they're marrying themselves. No, they're going to marry the dog. That they. Uh, that's the <laughs> main one of the main points I really think of of this marrying the dog. Just in that the uh, vows are repeated three times, and perhaps said three different ways. Like I do. Yes, I do. I do. It's sweet. Like, there's just something sweet about it. It's just like, you see that passion behind them, and then finally, like, oh, it, this is really now happening. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Like, it's really, it's it, how romantic. But you know what I mean? It really is. So, I'm an old softy, ladies and gentlemen. I get old, I get, I become a softy. And missing teeth, it sounds like, too. <laughs> I turn into a southerner. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> 
But yeah, good episode overall, and there will be at least one more Bon Jovi song, I think, in this series. You think so? I'm gonna hold out hope. Yeah. No, that's guided by voices, Eddie. Is D- it different group? Hold did, out hope. Did not know. Okay. It was on the soundtrack. It's another to character. Garden State, I believe. Oh, see that? We're in the same. Okay. Overall wavelength. What exit? No, overalls are Mario, and he's new. He's uh Brooklyn. Oh, okay. The Mario twins. But anyway. I think that's going to wrap it up for this third episode of Ms. Marvel, Destined. See you next week for episode to be determined, number four. Four, title to be determined. Yeah, that. For the Marvelous, I'm Peter Melnick. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Whoa, we're halfway there. <laughs>